Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids just like yours. And all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without finger sticks. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM system, you can be confident in your food, exercise, and medication decisions. And all those decisions can lead to big results, like more time in range and lower A1C. Get started at Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com. I'm Dr. Sanjay Gupta, CNN's chief medical correspondent, and this is Chasing Life. Three out of four U.S. adults are considered overweight or have obesity. 75% of Americans. Dr. Fatima Cody-Stanford. Our weight is one factor that plays a role in our health. But by itself, it doesn't give us the full story of who we are. We have to look at our full person. Listen to Chasing Life, streaming now on the iHeartRadio app. Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learn something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast. This is the Detroit City Cast with Dan Leach, presented by Bet Rivers. And welcome in, fine citizens, to the terrific Tuesday edition of the Detroit City Cast, brought to you by our great friends at Bet Rivers. We are fully into the madness. Just a couple days away from me going out to Vegas. I'll be out with my girl Stormy on My Guys in the Desert, live from the Circus Stadium Swim on Thursday at 5 Eastern, so please check that out. And uh, we got both Michigan and Michigan State lines to get to and betting splits. We got the first four starting uh, later tonight. So, so much going on in the land of college basketball. And listen, we still have Pistons and Wings action as well. Uh, So let's take a trip quickly to the Motown betting window. And then after that, what a treat tonight on the show. We've got my man, the former uh, associate SID when I was in college back in Eastern Michigan, and now the SID for Colorado State, my man John Martin will join us coming up in just a little bit. We're going to take a trip, as I mentioned, to that Motown betting window first, brought to you by our great friends at Bet Rivers. And now check this out. There is a lot going on at Bet Rivers throughout the college basketball tournament and every day. I mean, tons of boosts when it comes to uh, you know, Tom Brady, different props uh, that they got going on. Just, uh, you know, for example, when you look at, uh, you know, the Tom Brady uh, over-under passing touchdowns had over 40 last year. 38.5 is uh, the number right now at Bet Rivers. They boosted that from minus 110 to, to even money at plus 100. Bucks to win the NFC and Brady to record over 1.5 total rushing TDs. Next season was plus 550, now plus uh, 600. So there's a lot of cool things with that. There's always, obviously, boosted bets for college basketball and the NHL and the NBA. But 
you got that 20% profit or a uh, profit boost every day you log in during the NCAA tournament. And if you log into Bet Rivers, you can participate in Bet Rivers Tourney Madness and collect all 10 check marks for your best chance to win a $10,000 top prize. Things like winning a game in the first round, doing a five-team uh, parlay in the first and second round, take, take, getting a futures bet. There's uh, 10 different things you can do to get check marks and have the most chances at entries to win that top $10,000 prize. There's a ton of other prizes as well, so please check that out. Pistons back to work tonight. We'll start with them. They are at Miami, and they are getting 13 points right now, Bet Rivers. Uh, the Heat minus 13, minus 110. Pistons plus 13, money line. Uh, Miami minus 950, and the Pistons plus 660. So you got a, a huge spread with that game uh, coming up later tonight. I am not... Uh, a fan of uh, any side in that game as it stands right now. Um, so that's, listen, the way the Pistons have played much better basketball, there is value in taking them plus that many points. And you saw them blow the lead against the Clippers and, and still cover barely. Uh, I'm just not feeling that game tonight. The Heat, of course, one of the best teams in the NBA. So you're going to stay away from that. Um, and the Pistons getting 13 against Miami coming up later tonight. Let's take a look at Michigan and Michigan State. You look at the Spartans. They are going to be a, a very, it's going to be very interesting to see what happens with this Michigan State line as it gets closer to game time on Friday. And we're going to talk a little more about this game. We talked more about the Wolverine game yesterday. And of course, later in the show, I am going to break down the South region or you checked out the East region and the West region. We did the South and the Midwest yesterday. And I'll give my official selection in that game. But you look at the Spartans right now. At Bet Rivers, minus one and a half in the 7-10 game against Davidson. There's been some action on Davidson. We'll get to the betting splits in a minute. Right now, minus 110, minus, or minus one, uh, one and a half, minus 110 at Bet Rivers. Davidson plus one and a half, minus 109. Moneyline, Michigan State, minus 124. Davidson plus 104. And Michigan State uh, with the over-under is 140 and a half over minus 109, under minus 110. Uh, you know, this is a... We talked about Michigan-Colorado State yesterday and Michigan being a favorite as an 11 seed. Davidson is a terrible matchup for Michigan State. They can shoot. They are completely, you know, calm and, and don't, like, go away late in games, unfortunately, the way Michigan State has at times. You know, the Spartans, of course, played some really good basketball in the Big Ten tournament before eventually losing uh, in the semifinals. But this is a really tricky game for Michigan State. And I am, I am definitely staying away from this game. If I had any kind of a lean, it would be taking Davidson plus the one and a half right now. Because I think Davidson has a really good chance to win this game. But this game just smells wrong to me. And that total, I think the total is where it should be, 140 and a half. If I had a lean on that, I would definitely have a lean on the over because both these teams can't score. But let's take a look at those betting splits as they stand right now. And when you look at what is going to happen as we get closer and closer to the game, I think you're going to see a lot more Davidson money come in. As it stands right now, uh, these are the up-to-the-second numbers on Michigan State uh, when it comes to their game against the Davidson uh, Wildcats. Money line, 78% of the money line bets are on Davidson right now. 21% on the Spartans. On the spread, 
you have 83% of the bets on Davidson, just 16% of the bets on Michigan State. And then on the over-under, you've got 46% uh, on the over and 53% of the money on the under. And it just the money is pouring in on Davidson. The line hasn't moved yet that much. But I think the closer to game time, if it keeps going this way, you are going to have Davidson as either a pick'em against Michigan State or maybe a small favorite uh, as a 10 seed against the 7 seed out of the Big Ten, Michigan State. Let's take a look at the Wolverines against Colorado State, the 11-6 game. By the way, Michigan State will play Davidson Friday night, 9.40 p.m. on on CBS. The Wolverines, the first game up in the entire tournament in the uh, full, you know, in the the main bracket, we'll get to the first four lines on Tuesday. Uh, The game's coming up later tonight in Wednesday games. But right now, it's sticking where it was yesterday. Michigan, minus 2.5 at Bet Rivers, minus 109. Colorado State, plus 2.5, minus 110. The Wolverines, one of only three teams that are lower-seeded that are favorites in their first-round matchups. Moneyline Michigan, minus 141. Colorado State, plus 118. And the total, 139.5, just a point lower than the Spartan uh, Davidson total, over minus 113, under minus 107. I look at this game. I'm all about the Wolverines. I I, I already got them at minus 2. Probably going to have some money line plays and some parlays. Uh, as far as the total goes, I have no opinion on the total. I mean, it seems like the Michigan State-Davidson uh, total, right where it should be. If I had a lean, which I'm just going to say, if I had to, if I had to pick the, the total in this game, I would take the over. I think this game is going to be somewhat high scoring, but Colorado State can go away. You know, they have one main player that really got stirs the drink for them. And, you know, if if it's Colorado State doesn't have a balanced offensive attack, it's a problem. I mean, David Roddy is their guy. He scores almost 20 a game. But if it's just him, you know, they could have trouble scoring points. There's times where they've won this year against San Diego State where they've scored 58. I mean, they, you know, scored 65 and it went over Fresno State recently. They scored 51 and a loss to UNLV in the last couple of weeks. 61 in the win against Wyoming. 53 in the win against Utah State in the tournament. And then 58 in the, the loss in the uh, big the Mountain West tournament to San Diego State. So, I, you know, I lean on the over because I think Michigan's going to score. But it's, like I said, I have no play on this because it could go either way. If Colorado State gets good production out of Roddy and a little more balanced scoring, this game should be in the 140s and possibly 150s. But if they don't, and Michigan kind of just does what they do, gets points from Jones and double-double from Dickinson and Diabate scoring some points and getting boards, you know, Michigan might score in the 70s and 80s, but you could have Colorado State scoring in the 60s. So it's, uh, it's you know, the, the total to me is right where it should be. I have no opinion on that, but I definitely like the Wolverines. Minus two and a half. Uh, I like them up to minus three as far as the point spread goes. But I'll be playing the money line as well. Uh, right now, uh, here's the splits on Michigan money line. 82% of the money line bets are on the Wolverines. Just 17% on the Colorado State Rams. When it comes to the spread, 58% of the money is on Michigan. Uh, and some of that was minus two. Now it's getting to two and a half. 41% uh, of the spread money is on the Rams. And the total, you got just 29% of the money on the over. Uh, so I'm going against the public right now. That's a lot of times what you want to do. 70% of the money is on the under right now at Bet Rivers. Let's take a look at the futures odds as they stand. We'll start uh, with odds to get to the final four first. Remember I told you the last couple of weeks I had a play on Michigan, 30 to one at Bet Rivers. Uh, that is way down. The Wolverines right now are eight, 16 to one. 
to get to the Final Four. And as I mentioned, I got it at 30. As soon as the bracket of the matchups came out, uh, the Wolverines went down to 16-1 to to make the Final Four. The Spartans right now are 40-1 to to make the Final Four. But here's an interesting little scenario. We discussed this on the show yesterday. The Spartans are 100-1 to to win it all. The Wolverines are 150-1 to to win it all. Now, part of that is because there was a lot of money early in the year on the Wolverines to make the Final Four. A lot of that was dead money, so it's, you know, Bet Rivers being careful with their exposure. But part of it, too, is Michigan have to go through Arizona. Michigan State's got to go through Duke. If Michigan State was able to get to, you know, the regional semis, they might have an easier path than the Wolverines based on some of the teams that could be gone by then. The Wolverines have, a, you know, a very tough bracket when you look at that side uh, the top right, the south region, Arizona's in there, Villanova's in there, Illinois's in there. So you look at the Spartans, not that it's easy for them having Gonzaga, the overall number one seed in their bracket, but if they get past Duke, you know, you got Alabama, you got Texas Tech. Uh, that's one of the reasons the Spartans are a little lower, but as I mentioned, a lot of dead money on Michigan to make the Final Four. That's why the odds are lower for the Wolverines to make the Final Four compared to Michigan State. But right now the Spartans' odds way lower uh, than the Wolverines to win the national championship. All right, that's a trip to the Motown betting window brought to you by our great friends at Bet Rivers. Coming up, we're going to talk a little Colorado State Rams with my man, the Sports Information Director of Colorado State, John Martin, straight ahead on the Detroit CityCast, brought to you by Bet Rivers. Bet Rivers Sportsbook wants you to experience rush pay. When you want to cash out your winnings, you don't want to wait two days just to get the go ahead to withdraw your money. That's why Bet Rivers created Rush Pay. With Rush Pay, 80% of withdrawal requests are approved instantly, meaning you'll get your money faster. Why wait? Get your cash when you want it. Bet with a winner. Bet with Bet Rivers Sportsbook at betrivers.com. Must be 21. Playable in Michigan only. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 270 7117. And here he is, a longtime friend and the sports information director out there in Ramblama Ding Dong Land for Colorado State, the great, the legendary John Martin. It's been too long, my man. It has been too long, Danny. Thanks for having me. No, it's great to have you. And, and just a little backstory here. You know, John, you were at Eastern Michigan when I was a student. You put up with my craziness along with the legendary Jim Streeter. And, you know, you guys are part of the, it's your fault that I become this behemoth in the broadcasting industry very humble of course by the way but no you guys were always so great to me and i'm very i'm very it's an honor to have you on and it's so great to see you but thanks for all the kindness you gave me when i was trying to learn how to navigate through this crazy business we all continue to learn how to navigate every day so it was that was a great time of life it really was wasn't it 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 was a totally different time before twitter before Facebook, it was just, it was different back then. I mean, there was not as much craziness and nonsense, right? Oh, it's, it's changed so much in the last 10 years. It's just amazing. Well, listen, what's going to be amazing, hopefully if you're a Wolverine fan on the Michigan side, if they win, but it's going to, it should be a really good game, John. And, and listen, you know, this team inside and out, uh, the Rams 25 and five lost to San Diego state in the Mountain West title game. They played some great basketball, a top 25 type team much of the year. Uh, let's just start with David Roddy, who averages almost 20 a game. I know that Michigan fans that foul, you know, overall college basketball have heard of him. What does he present as far as a challenge for what the Wolverines have to offer on defense? He's just that challenging matchup that a lot of teams have, have struggled with and a lot of teams in that are in the NCAA tournament, Creighton, St. Mary's, Boise State, all have struggled with him. 
He's 6'6", 255, um, and it's the running gag that everyone uh, takes a drink when the TV announcers talk about him playing quarterback in high school, which he did in Minnesota. Uh, <laughs> it's like Matt Stafford and Clayton Kershaw were high school buddies. Exactly, exactly, that kind of thing. And so, um, but he is just, for 6'6", 255, he is just so agile. Um, this year he added the ability to hit the three. He's actually leading us in three point field goal percentage, which just made him even more dangerous. 45%. Yeah. And, and so he can step out, he can hit the three, he can drive, he can do everything. He's not afraid of contact. Um, and it's one of those, if, if you're a smaller guy and he's coming on the fast break, it's a smart business decision not to try and take the charge. Yeah, definitely. And that's something that actually Michigan does well at times where they're able to take charges. But when you got a guy like Roddy with that that mass of humanity coming at you, stay away. Uh, listen, you also got a great player named Isaiah Stevens, the, the guard that averages uh, almost 14 or 15 a game. He can present a problem from the outside, can he? He can present a problem in a variety of ways. Outside, inside, he really runs the show for us. And he's a second coach on the floor. Um, Nico Medved puts complete faith in him and, and has in multiple situations since he was a freshman. He started every game since his freshman year. Um, he is second all-time in assists, but he also is up there in the top 15 for us in career scoring. So he's got the ability to make things happen in a variety of ways, but he's very unselfish, very smart and this year really is focused on not turning the ball over and it's made a huge difference for us because we end up with one of the lowest we're ranked I think believe turnovers per game and a lot of that's due to him and just running the show with a lot more composure this year so he's one who doesn't get rattled easy he played 6a basketball in the state of Texas um he won a state title there. He's played in the Alamo Dome. So while I think this will be exciting for him, I don't think it'll be anything that will create a um, freakout moment, for lack of a better way to describe it. Sure. And listen, you know, when you look at Colorado State and what you, this team has done, uh, you know, at the end of the regular season in the tournament, you know, they've won 9 of 11. Uh, the loss to UNLV, I know that was kind of rough. UNLV was playing some decent basketball at the time. And then, of course, the San Diego State in the, in the, the title game. I think what people don't might not understand, John, is that, you know, maybe they're Big Ten fans and they just follow the Big Ten or, you know, they could be college basketball nuts like we are that follow everything. Mountain West was really good this year. Boise State, probably underseeded. Boise State definitely, you know, 27-7, and seven, very good team. San Diego State, great defensive team, 23-8. and eight. Wyoming in the tournament, 25-8. and eight. UNLV had 18 wins. Fresno State and Utah State presented some problems at times. Do you, think, do you think that people maybe out here in the Midwest and people that don't follow college basketball, you know, really, really super deeply aren't aware of how good the Mountain West has been the last few years? I, I think it's really one of those situations where it is – that you're on the West Coast, you played the later games, people don't necessarily see it as much. I know I didn't when I lived in Michigan or out on the East Coast. Um, and especially this year, the quality of basketball has gone up immensely in the Mountain West. Now, that's due to a variety of, of young, good coaches who are going out and finding talent in their own different way. Wyoming's gone uh, some through the portal. Boise State's gone through the portal a lot. Um San Diego State is just 
legendary for their defense when they had Steve Fisher as the head coach, the former Michigan coach. Now Brian Dutcher, his former assistants, taken over and continued that legacy. And then for us, it's Nico Medved. Um, in his fourth year, he's built it the old-fashioned way. He went, he bought, got two freshmen his first year, brought in a class of five the next year. We've had only two transfers into the program in his four years. And so, um, and one of, and then we've also added a graduate transfer this year, Chandler Jacobs, who has been a nice addition from D2 Dallas Baptist. Um, but he's built it the old-fashioned way. He hasn't done much with the portal. It's about building a culture, building a winning program. And he's got three straight 20-win seasons, and that's only happened twice in Colorado State history. So he's done a great job there, but he also knew what the Mountain West could be because he was here as an assistant back when the Mountain West had five teams in the NCAA tournament. So it's uh, it's a testament to him, but it's a testament to the rest of the league in stepping up what they're doing, who they're playing, the competition they're getting themselves into. And, and then once they get into those competitions, beating teams that have put four Mountain West teams into the NCAAs this year. Yeah, which is impressive. And Medved's a very interesting, you know, case. You know, you mentioned, uh, you know, was previously a Colorado State assistant. He was previously a Furman assistant before that and at Minnesota, then coached Furman for four seasons, then went to Drake and came to Colorado State in 2018, you mentioned, in his fourth year. What would you say his philosophy is? What is the way he tries to teach his kids to be their best? He is a very interactive coach on and off the floor. He is not one of those who sits on the sideline and coaches from there. He's out there on the floor, bringing the energy every day at practice. He's heavily involved, but the kids also know he's heavily invested in them. It's not just about what they can do on the court. It's he He's invested in their lives. Um, and a great example is last year when all the COVID stuff was going on in the Mountain West, we were playing uh, – not home and home series, but you would go and you'd go play two at one place or they'd come and play two at yours. We were at San Diego State, had a huge comeback uh, to beat them. We were down 26 and knocked off the 23rd round gas techs then. But two days that night, they got word that our point guard, Kendall Moore, um, his girlfriend was having their first child. And he sent him away and said, you need to be there for that. That's more important than basketball. That's something you will never forget. And Kendall missed the next game, and we didn't win. But it was more important that Kendall was there for that. And I think that speaks volumes to what he tries to instill because it's about family values. It's about being together. It's about being a big family. And it really is. He really instills that from all the way from him and having his family around to having everyone else's families around to involving um, SIDs, trainers, strength coaches in in everything. So it's one of those of he has a giant get it factor. And that makes a difference in how hard I think the guys play for him and believe in him and what he's built here. Yeah, the few times I was able to watch Colorado State uh, this season, one of those times was against Wyoming uh, in the last couple of weeks, and another time earlier when you guys beat San Diego State by one. Uh, you can kind of see that. You kind of could see 
you know, late game situations. A lot of times teams can kind of go away and, and not trust in each other. It looks like Medved has kind of built that, you mentioned family atmosphere, belief in each other. I think that's obviously really helped uh, the Rams program, especially this year, 25 and five, you know, first of the Mountain West and, and a team that's been ranked basically in the top 25 for a while. That's, that's I think, a lot to do with Medved's teaching, isn't it? It, it has a lot to do with his teaching. It just has a lot to do with him as a person. He's just one of those kind of people who has embraced being back at Colorado State. He wanted to come here. Um, he said he wouldn't have left Drake after a year for pretty much any other job. Um, and he's built it, and we inked him to a new contract to keep him here through 29. Um, but that's because he's built something, and he's seeing the fruition of it, ending the year with five straight sellouts students engaged in and being a part of the atmosphere and as we all know in college basketball as much as a full arena is important you've got to have the students and he's done a great job engaging them and getting them energized and coming out and it just makes moby arena rock and when you have that kind of atmosphere it's a lot easier to win all right, this game is going to be a fascinating one. And I wonder, I mean, obviously, you know, the players and the coaches don't care, but, you know, fans do, and maybe the, the SID types do. Are, are Colorado Rams, State Rams fans upset that Michigan is an 11 seed, yet they're a favorite in Vegas's eyes in this game? Is that kind of possibly a little, uh, you know, bulletin board type material that can fire up the team itself? Like I said, they don't care about point spreads, but I'm sure they're going to hear about it from somebody, social media, et cetera. Oh, they've, they've definitely heard about it. And I, it's not your traditional bulletin board material, but it definitely it's resonated with them. I mean, they've been doubted uh, throughout the season when we played Mississippi State, when we played Creighton, when we played St. Mary's and beat all of them. Um, they, they know they've been doubted. And so they play with a little bit of an edge. I don't see that going away or being diminished at all in this situation. I don't think they uh, fear Michigan. I think it's one of those of they respect and know how good they can be, but they also know how good when we can be. And for them, actually, the biggest excitement out of this is they're playing someone they haven't played this year. They've been beaten up on each other in the Mountain West Conference, and so everyone knows what everyone else does. And to play someone new and different, different style, different philosophy, uh, has got them energized. And it, it showed today in practice that they were – fully engaged and locked in and, and trying to learn as much as they could about Michigan uh, less than 24 hours after finding out that was their opponent. Well, let's talk about this when it comes to the Rams. Tell us something that obviously they do extremely well that can be a big issue for Michigan, but also on the other side of things, what is something that could be an issue that Michigan could possibly exploit? The biggest thing we do well is take care of the basketball and make our possessions count. Uh, we led the Mountain West for the second straight year in offensive efficiency. We don't turn the ball over. We shoot up at 48% uh, from the field, and we, we're pretty disciplined. We like to move the ball around. The, the backside of that is we don't offensive rebound a whole lot. We try and eliminate transition offense from our opponents. But if we are not successful on the defensive class, keeping Michigan from getting offensive rebounds, that's going to be, that will will create a lot of challenges for CSU. And we know that, I mean, when you look at Dickinson, you know he's going to go after the glass. You know he's going to be there. And 7-1, 7-2, 7-3, he's, he's a load. There's no doubt about it. 
Um, we don't have anyone who can fully uh, model after him in practice. We've got a seven-footer, but it you can't compensate for his athleticism. And we know Michigan is long and athletic, and so it's going to be a battle of really, I think, who can really impose their will on the offensive end and who's got the most success keeping the other one off of the defense, off of their respective defensive glass. That was perfectly said. Now, I'm not going to make you make a prediction. I wouldn't do that to you. But tell me this. What would we be watching on the Colorado State side that would give them the, you know, if, if, you, if this is happening, they're going to win? And what would be on the other side of that if it's not happening, Michigan's going to win? Um, if we're not keep if we're not being successful and limiting the offensive rebounds to for Michigan, the Wolverines are going to have a great chance to win. If we are running our offense successfully, we're going to end up at about 14. If we hit 15 to 16 assists in the game, that means we're sharing the ball. That means we're moving the ball effectively. If we're doing that, that's a great sign for us to have a great chance to win this game. Uh, Medved, coaching-wise, is there any connection he has with Juwan Howard? Has he talked about that? They met at you know, the Final Fours before, anything like that? Not really any connection there other than they're both Big Ten guys. I mean, Medved graduated from Minnesota. He was uh, a student assistant on Clem Haskins' staff, and so uh, he's been around, and he, he definitely knows who Juwan Howard is, no doubt, because he was a student assistant at Michigan during or Minnesota during the time right. Juwan played at Michigan. So there's a familiarity there, but I don't know um, that they've run a whole lot in the same circles uh, in terms of the coaching world. Um, not that I've heard of, but you you never know. That world is small, and it, it there's always you're only a couple of steps away from anyone in the college basketball coaching world if you're in it. Yeah, definitely a small circle, small fraternity there. I, I cannot wait for this game, John. Such great stuff from you. It's so great to see. It's 12.15, by the way, p.m., of course, Eastern on Thursday. I'll be out in Vegas for this game, John. So you're welcome to, you know, uh, Skype in with me and see the feeling from Vegas while we're watching the Colorado State-Michigan game. I know you'll be busy. Uh, and, of course, it's 10, 10.15 a.m. out there for you guys, right? It's an early start for Colorado peeps. An early start. Our, our fans are, are still trying to find – they've got a couple of places set up. They're going – well, it's a good time to check out for the day anyway. We were going to watch college basketball. This just motivates <laughs> us more to do it. Uh, before I let you go, I, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you this for my my legions, uh, you know, the, the tens and tens of fans of mine. Maybe it's in the millions now. What was it like to, to have to, I don't want to say deal with me in a bad way, but see the young Dan Leach in college trying to make his way into the broadcast pantheon of greatness. What was that like for you back in the day? The biggest thing I can say about Dan Leach in that day was just trying to contain the energy a little bit. Yes. The enthusiasm was very unbridled. And uh, while it could be appreciated occasionally, it did go over the top, you know, just like mine did back then. And so I think uh, it was just about trying to help discover who you were, uh, as we all were through that time. And we had some great mentors and great people around us who uh, gave us that opportunity, and that was uh, beneficial for both of us. But uh, you were definitely out there at times, and and but it was appreciated because there was no question that you were a fan, no question you were a supporter and enthusiastic about it, and that's always a whole lot easier to work with than someone who hates being around. 
Yep, and that's why I was always grateful from day one, uh, definitely for people like you, our, our man Jim Streeter, and our man Tom Wired is now the SID at Michigan Basketball. So you guys have all done pretty darn good for yourself, that's for sure. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see Tom. I haven't seen him in 15 years, and for him to be on the other end of the scorer's table for this one's going to be special. It's legendary, old Eastern Michigan action. Uh, can't thank you enough for your time. It's so good to see you. We got to keep, you know, stay in touch, man. I know we both got lots going on, but to see you and be able to talk to you, especially with this game coming up, uh, means a lot to me, and I really appreciate you coming on. No, I appreciate you having me on. Thanks, Dan. Great to see you again. Great to see you as well. Great stuff from John Martin, the SID, the Sports Information Director at Colorado State. The, now, I, I'm going to wish you nothing but luck, but I, I got to root for my Wolverines, man, but still... It's going to be a great game. That's what matters most. I think it'll be a great game, and I just wish that everyone stays healthy through it. That's the biggest yes, thing. That's all that matters. Well, perfectly said. Straight down the middle. All right, John Martin, thanks so much for joining me. Uh, more to come here on the Detroit CityCast coming up straight ahead. Brought to you by our great friends at Bet Rivers. Bet Rivers Sportsbook wants you to experience rush pay. When you want to cash out your winnings, you don't want to wait two days just to get the go-ahead to withdraw your money. That's why Bet Rivers created Rush Pay. With Rush Pay, 80% of withdrawal requests are approved instantly, meaning you'll get your money faster. Why wait? Get your cash when you want it. Bet with a winner. Bet with Bet Rivers Sportsbook at BetRivers.com. Must be 21. Playable in Michigan only. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-270-7117. Great stuff there for my man, John Martin. Give him a follow on Twitter at John underscore A underscore Martin. Should be a hell of a game. First game off in the main bracket of the NCAA tournament. All right, as we did yesterday, uh, broke down the first round games and made picks on all of them in the South and the Midwest. We'll do it with the West and the East. But first, I want to start with the first four games coming up later tonight. Made picks on these yesterday. But just to update you, if you missed yesterday's show, and how dare you, if you did so, Texas Southern minus three and a half, minus one twelve right now at Bet Rivers. Texas A and M CC plus three and a half, minus one hundred eight. Southern minus one sixty seven on the money line. Texas A and M CC plus one forty. The total one thirty five and a half over minus one twelve. Lean on the over in that game. And also, I do have a selection, uh, not a strong lean or a just regular selection. Uh, the three stages of selections we're going to do on this show are: I'm just going to make a pick on the game. I'm going to have a lean or I'm going to have a strong play, which is something that I definitely will bet. Some of my leans I'll bet as well. This is just a pick for me, so it's not a lean or a strong selection, but I do like Texas Southern minus the three and a half. They're the better team, and they'll win this one going away. So I like Texas Southern minus three and a half in this one. And then also, you've got a Big Ten West Coast super sweet action sauce Coming up uh, in the second game uh, in the first four from Dayton, of course. And Indiana for the Big Ten and Mountain West, Wyoming. Uh, we talked to John Martin, of course, uh, from Colorado State in the Mountain West. A very tough league this year. And that line right now at Bet Rivers is Wyoming plus four, minus 110. The Hoosiers minus four, minus 110. Money line Indiana minus 182. Wyoming plus 150. And the total 132.5 over minus 108 under Minus 112. For me, this is absolutely a a strong play. I like Wyoming plus the four. I think that Indiana might win this game, but it is going to come down to the wire. So that's an official selection for me with Wyoming plus the four points. Take that and run it to the bank. All right, let's start 
with the e, the West, excuse me, Gonzaga, the one seed, the overall one seed, and they will get it going uh, with the 16 seed on Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern. Uh, this is a game that will be on True TV. Actually, I'm sorry, let me double check that because they. Uh, so many different networks going on here. Uh, I'm sorry, TNT. That'll be a 4:15 game. TNT uh, out of Portland, Oregon, and right now at Bet Rivers, Gonzaga, a 23 and a half point favorite. Uh, Georgia State plus 23 and a half, minus 109. The Zags minus 110. Uh, no money line in this game right now. Bet Rivers. Um, you got Georgia State right now, and Gonzaga on the the total 149 over minus 107, and the under minus 113. As I mentioned. This is an important strategy. I don't like laying a lot of, of points with ones, twos, and three seeds in the first round. I look for value on the underdogs. There will be some games that I do lay the points with the high seeds, but a lot of times, the majority of the times, I'm looking for value in underdogs getting a ridiculous amount of points in a one-and-done tournament game scenario. Georgia State, you know, interesting team. This is a Georgia State team that has had uh, some history in the NCAA tournament. And you look at what's going to happen with the best team in the country against them in Gonzaga. I mean, you got Rob Lanier there. Uh, you know, Ron Hunter used to be at Georgia State, who had some, you know, they went on a run a few years back. Uh, Gonzaga's going to win this game fairly easily, but I don't like the 23.5. So I'm going to have just a pick on this game. I'm going to take Georgia State plus 23.5 because Gonzaga's had some moments where they have not. Look like the best team in the country, especially against that game in St. Mary's. Like they're not going to go through the motions. That's not what Mark few teams do. But it's it's just a crazy amount of points. So my pick in this game, no lead, no strong play, is Georgia State plus 23.5. I think in the end, Gonzaga wins the game by about 20, 21, and you get a little backdoor cover by Georgia State. <laughs> then we've got the 8-9 game. What a game this is going to be. Boise State and Memphis. A lot of people, including myself, think that Boise State was underseeded. Uh, you know, they probably should have been a higher seed than they were given by the committee uh, of an eight seed. I mean, they could have been a seven. It's a tough spot for them playing against Memphis. Uh, this game in Portland, Oregon as well, 1.45 p.m. on TNT on Thursday. And right now at Bet Rivers, you've got Memphis minus two and a half. Minus 110, Boise State plus 2.5, minus 109. Memphis minus 141 on the money line. And Boise State plus 120, the total 133 over minus 112. And the under minus 108. This is a very, very tough game. Both these teams are really, really good. They can get after you defensively. Memphis can score in bunches. Uh, And the fact you're getting 2.5 with Boise State, I'm going to make a selection on this game. Take Boise State plus two and a half. It really is a coin flip game. Could go either way, but I think Boise State will be a little angry that they were underseeded and uh, played in obviously that very tough Mountain West. I like Boise State plus the two and a half. Now we've got the 12-5 game. And, and I mentioned yesterday, this is the first year in forever that for me, because I always love betting 12s outright against fives, and a lot of times the spreads are really low anyway, but sometimes you can get some good value. Remember, uh, a few years back, you had Stephen F. Austin outright as like a plus 250 underdog, line underdog uh, in a 12-5 game. Uh, but this year, I feel like the, there's a better chance that the 11s beat the 6s multiple times than the 12s beat the 5s. 
And this is definitely one of those games where I do not think the 12 has a great chance at all. It's New Mexico State and Connecticut. And, you know, this is a really, really, really good Connecticut team. It's a 650 game, by the way, on TNT on Thursday out of Buffalo, New York. New Mexico State, 26-6 and on the season out of the WAC. WAC not really that good of a conference this year, but uh, definitely dominant uh, in winning the, the, the uh, conference championship uh, in the tournament as well was New Mexico State. And then you got UConn, 23-9 and out of a pretty darn good uh, Big East with Providence and Villanova. 23-win team in the Big East is something to sneeze at. Creighton, Seton Hall, Marquette, Xavier, St. John's, of course, all in the Big East as well. And currently at Bet Rivers, in this incredibly intriguing matchup, you've got UConn minus 6.5, minus 110, New Mexico State plus 6.5. There are a lot of people that are, and I say intriguing, there's a lot of sharp people that I like that are leading on New Mexico State plus a 6.5. I am the other side of this. Uh, I, I think that Connecticut is going to win this game and in the end win maybe close to double digits. I, I don't love laying those kind of points in a 12-5 game. This will be a lean for me. UConn minus 6.5. The money line, by the way, for UConn minus 286. New Mexico State plus 235. And the total, 132 over minus 110, under minus 109. And I just think in the end, you know, New Mexico State, they can shoot the ball. They've got a really good player that you'll be hearing a lot about uh, if you're watching that game, named Teddy Allen, averaging almost 20 a game. They got a game, a guy named one of the best names in sports, Serge Abari Rice, uh, who can dish the ball as good as anybody uh, in a mid-major conference. Uh, but I just think that when you look at Connecticut, uh, you know, so well coached by Hurley and just the way that they've played, you know, the last couple of weeks, what they were able to do battle testing in the Big East, you know, beating a team like Seton Hall recently, beating Villanova, beating Xavier, beating Seton Hall actually twice, and also St. John's. You know, they are one of the better rebounding teams in the country. They're top 20. They average 40.9 rebounds a game. And in the end, too much R.J. Cole, too much Isaiah Whaley. Connecticut gets the job done. That is a lean for me, minus the 6.5. Up next, the 4-13 game, Arkansas. And Vermont, the Catamounts, who have been a tournament darling at times. This game also on Thursday. It's a later game, uh, 9-20 on TNT with the four-seed Arkansas. Razorbacks 25-8 and in the SEC. And Vermont, 28-5. And, of course, Vermont, the Catamounts, went on that run uh, years back. Uh, I think they were a 14 or a 15 seed that year. They play in the American East. UMBC, of course, upset Virginia a couple years back. Stony Brook, New Hampshire. Not a great conference, but they were 28-5 and five in their romp through that conference. And on the way to their, their conference uh, championship in the tournament, uh, they won eight games in a row, beat UMBC in the, the final by you know, 39-82-43. So they can definitely score uh, the basketball. And you look at some of the numbers uh, on a team like Vermont that obviously is a low seed, and they're a low seed for a reason against a very good SEC team, but they do do some things well. And they're, you know, one of the better teams in assists per games in the country at 15.2 uh, assists per games. And this is where, uh, you know, a team can really make a difference in a tournament situation. Uh, here's the spread, by the way, for you at Bet Rivers for that 920 Eastern game. It's Arkansas minus 5, minus 112. Vermont plus 5, minus 109. Arkansas minus 220. And Vermont plus 180 on the money line. The total 139 over minus 112 under 
minus 108. And in this one, uh, I think Vermont's going to put up a fight. But Arkansas, SEC, a great conference this year. This is a lead for me. I'm going to lay the five with Arkansas minus the 112. There is some steam from some sharp players on Arkansas. The line could actually go up maybe even higher. But I will have a lean uh, with Arkansas minus five out of the West bracket in the 4-13 game. Uh, we will have... Obviously, Alabama playing the winner of Rutgers-Notre Dame. I think that Rutgers is going to win that game. Uh, so no spread will be able to be put on that game until after uh, the first four uh, is over. And, that, uh, of course, that the Rutgers-Indiana game comes up on Wednesday. All right, let's take a look at the 14-3 game. Texas Tech, the Red Raiders, they're 25-9 out of the tough Big 12. Montana State, 27-7. And Montana State, of course, won their conference tournament out of the big sky other teams that you might recognize southern utah uh, weber state northern colorado montana got a great player in xavier bishop averaging almost 14 a game and also almost five dimes a game uh and they're a team that actually is in the top 50 in scoring in the country 77 points per game but boy that texas tech team even without chris baird there they've done a great job uh you know still playing some very top level defense and you know, what a year in the Big 12 at Kansas, Baylor, Texas Tech, Texas, TCU. Uh, they're a team, actually, that doesn't do a lot of things great, but play great defense. They don't score a ton of points. Uh, they're low, you know, in the 130s in rebounds per game, and they're 157 in uh, assists per game, but only allow 60.3 points a game when it comes to their defense. And, you know, it's an interesting scenario when you look at what happened with Chris Beard you know, Chris Beard leaves to go to Texas. Mark Adams, who was a you know longtime assistant there, takes over. And he really, really haven't skipped much of a beat at Texas Tech, and they've had a really, really, uh, you know, solid season when it comes to the way they played in a very tough Big t- uh, Twelve. As I mentioned, a 145 game that game on TNT, 1:45 p.m. out of Saint Diego, out of San Diego, on Friday. And you know, you look at this spread right now at Bet Rivers. Texas Tech minus 15 and a half, minus 110. Uh, both sides, money line, Texas Tech minus $1,667. Montana State plus 950, the total 132, over minus 110, under minus 109. Uh, this is a game I'm completely staying away from. I'm just going to make a selection. I don't think Texas Tech can score enough points when it comes to, you know, covering a 16-point spread. They should win this game. It should not be that hard for them. But I'm going to I'm gonna take a selection just to pick with Montana State plus 15.5. And, and I would look at the under in this game. 132 could be a lower-scoring game with the Red Raiders' ability to play top-level defense. So selection on Montana State plus 15.5 and... A half, and the under minus 132. Now we get to Michigan State and Davidson. We talked about this in the Motown betting window. By the time this game goes off, you might see Davidson as the favorite. We've seen a lot of money on both the money line and point spread uh, coming in 70, 80% of it uh, so far on Davidson. Michigan State right now, minus one and a half at Bet Rivers, minus 110. Davidson plus one and a half, minus 109. Michigan State minus 124 on the money line, plus 104 for Davidson. And the total, uh, 140 and a half over minus 109, under minus 110. I have no opinion on the total, but I will tell you this. I, I have a lot more trust for Michigan State after their run through the Big Ten tournament than I did before it, but they still go away in the final five, six minutes of many games. They don't have a go-to player. Yes, they had a great game from Bingham, and Gabe Brown's had a good game in, in the last few. They just don't have that go-to player. And Davidson is so well-coached by Bob McCallop, and, you know, as a history in the tournament, 
They're not afraid of anybody. They can shoot the three really well. And I just think in the end, uh, you know, in South Carolina, not a ton of Spartan fans, there'll be a lot more Davidson fans there. It's a very small school. You know, a solid year for them in the A-10, 27 and six. You know, Foster Lord of the former Spartan. How about that going against his old team? You know, he leads the team with almost 17 a game and almost four dimes a game. They got Brockovich, uh, who's a great shooter, almost 60% from the field for him, averaging 14.2 points a game. I think Davidson is definitely the play here. It's an official selection. It is a strong play for me. I'll be betting it myself. Uh, gobble up Davidson plus one and a half minus 109 while you can, because this might be closer to a pick em come game time on Friday at 9.40 p.m. Eastern. Now, the final game in the West region, number two Duke, the two seed, Blue Devils. Coach K getting blasted by North Carolina in this final regular season game and then not finding a way to win the ACC tournament. We've got a possible revenge game, by the way, coming up with both Michigan State and Duke win in the second round. This is a fascinating Duke team. They'll play this game, by the way, at 7.10 p.m. Eastern on CBS on Friday from Greenville, South Carolina against Cal State Fullerton. Of course, that 15 seed. Cal State Fullerton uh, on the season, a 21-10 team. Didn't even win their regular season title, but did win the tournament in the Big West. It really was kind of an up-and-down team in the final couple weeks of the season. They won four in a row to win that conference title. Before that, though, they lost to UCS, or UC San Diego, UC Riverside. They won three in a row before that, but then they lost to Hawaii and Long Beach State. So very up and down team, definitely worthy of being a 15 seed. But Duke, Duke is definitely a sexy pick to win the whole thing. The problem, though, is Duke is not looking at themselves at times in the last 10 days or so. Lost to Virginia Tech by a lot, by 15 in the ACC tournament. They lost to North Carolina. By 13 in Coach K's final home game. Before that, though, they had run, you know, ripped off a bunch of wins. They had won seven in a row before that. Uh, did lose to a pretty bad Virginia team for uh, that run started 69 to 68. But listen, you got one of the best players in the country in, in Bonchero, one of the you know top five lottery picks, most likely in this upcoming draft, averaging almost 18 points a game. Wendell Moore Jr. is incredible. Mark Williams, their top 10 in points per game in 80 a game. Top, uh, you know, 20 in assists per game at 16 in the country at 60.9 a game. One of the, you know, top 60 or so rebounding teams in the country, averaging 67 points a game. Duke's got a great chance to run through their bracket and get to at least the Elite Eight, of course, before they play Gonzaga. They're going to blast Cal State Fullerton out of the water. They're ready for this. They're angry about losing to Virginia Tech. Listen, I told you I'm not a fan of laying big spreads in a lot of you know first and second round games with one seeds uh, and two seeds and three seeds, I have no problem laying the 19 in this game. It's where they're at Bet Rivers minus 19, Cal State Fullerton plus 19 minus 109, Duke minus 110, Moneyline Duke minus 2500, Cal State Fullerton plus 1200, and the over uh, is 146 uh, minus 109 under uh, 146 minus 112. No opinion on the total, but I am actually laying the 19 on Duke. I think Duke's gonna win this game. By 30, Cal State Fullerton can't score. Uh, they're not a great rebounding team. Uh, you know, they're very uneven when it comes to defense. Uh, I think Duke is going to run and hide away with this one. And Duke will be a lean for me. Not an official strong play, but a lean for me. Minus the 19. And that is the West region. We'll get to the East region. Coming straight up right here on the Detroit City Cast, Brought to you by our great friends at Bet Rivers.
Bet Rivers Sportsbook wants you to experience rush pay. When you want to cash out your winnings, you don't want to wait two days just to get the go ahead to withdraw your money. That's why Bet Rivers created Rush Pay. With Rush Pay, 80% of withdrawal requests are approved instantly, meaning you'll get your money faster. Why wait? Get your cash when you want it. Bet with a winner. Bet with Bet Rivers Sportsbook at betrivers.com. Must be 21. Playable in Michigan only. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 270 7117. And here we go, the East region, the final of our four regions to break down the first round matchups. We'll start with number one, Baylor, at uh, against Norfolk State, the 16 seed, one of the worst teams in the tournament uh, is Norfolk State, even though they come in at 24 and 6. But boy, their conference has such a low net ranking. The MIAC, uh, you know, the next best team in that conference had, had 16 wins. It was Howard. You had, Two teams that combined for 11 total wins in Coppin State and Delaware State. They got a nice player in Joe Bryant Jr., averaging almost 17 points a game. And uh, they got a great shooter in Chris Blankston, 71% from the field for the season, averaging 11.3 points a game. But this is not a team that's going to really be able to hold the candle uh, to the Baylor Bears, one of the best teams in the country. This will be a 2 p.m. game out of Fort Worth, Texas at Dickey's Arena uh, on Thursday. Uh, it'll be a 2 p.m. game, as I mentioned. Uh, out of that East Regional. And right now at Bet Rivers, you've got Baylor as a huge, and I mean huge favorite, one of the bigger favorites of the tournament. Actually, right now it's right the second favoritism as far as points go to Gonzaga. Baylor minus 21, minus 112 at Bet Rivers. Uh, Norfolk State plus 21, minus 108. Moneyline Baylor minus 5,000. Norfolk State uh, f- uh, 15 to 1 in the total. 137.5 over minus 108, under minus 113. I actually think that there's uh, a small lead for me on the over. Norfolk State could score. They're not a great team, but Baylor could really score. So I like the over in this game. I uh, might see a lot of fouls late, even with a big lead by Baylor. Uh, this will just be a pick for me. As I mentioned, not a big fan of laying big, big spreads, uh, but Baylor should destroy Norfolk State. So I will lay the 21, just a, uh, a pick for me in this game. Uh, Baylor minus 21 to get off their tournament in good stead. The 8-9 game, Marquette and North Carolina. Of course, Marquette, uh, you know, a a solid, solid team out of the Big East, had 19 wins this season. You know, 19-12 is a a good record. They finished in sixth because Providence had 25 wins, Nova 26, UConn 23, Creighton 22, Seton Hall 21. Uh, The Golden Eagles, you know, so balanced when it comes to their scoring. Great player in Justin Lewis. Great uh, shooter in Maxence Prosper, uh, Olivier Maxence Prosper, uh, who shoots almost 50% from the field. They've got wins over teams like Providence, Seton Hall, Villanova, Xavier. Uh, You know, they lost barely to UConn. This is a, a good Marquette team that could go on a run. And then when it comes to uh, the eight seed North Carolina Tar Heels, we know what they just did to Duke in Coach K's final regular season game, but we also know what they did in the tournament losing to Virginia Tech. You know, they got by Virginia, but then lost the second game they played against Virginia Tech, 72 to 59. But listen, you know, some of the best overall talent on offense in the country. Uh, they can swarm you. They can get after it. I know it's obviously the first day for first year for Hubert Davis after Roy Williams there for a long time. Uh, but this is a really, really good North Carolina team. And this is going to be a fascinating game 
in the 8-9 spot uh, with Marquette and North Carolina. 4.30 Eastern, as I mentioned, on uh, Thursday. Right now, North Carolina, a three-point favorite, minus 112. At Bet Rivers, Marquette, plus three, minus 108. North Carolina, minus 155, uh, plus 130 on the comeback for Marquette. And the total, 152, a high, one of the highest totals in the first round. Uh, 152 over minus 109, under minus 110. I'm staying away from the total in this game. Uh, this is a total coin flip game, as obviously most 8-9 games are. But for me, this is a lean on North Carolina. I know that they had a bad performance against Virginia Tech, and I have a lot of respect for Marquette, but I'm going to have a lean on the money line. I'm going to include North Carolina in some two- and three-team parlays, and I'm going to lay the 155. I think North Carolina wins this game. I don't like laying three points. It could be a one, two, three-point win, but I will give you a lean on North Carolina. It should be a back-and-forth game, and in the end, I think North Carolina's offense will be just too much for Marquette. Uh, St. Mary's will play the winner of Wyoming and Indiana, which I, I, I think could be either of those teams, but I do like Wyoming, as I mentioned, plus the four, and I would favor St. Mary's to win a game against either Wyoming or Indiana in that 12-5 game. Let's move to UCLA and Akron. The 4-13 game in the East region, and you look at Akron out of the MAC. Boy, is the MAC conference that I've loved so much. You heard me talk with John Martin earlier in the show. Both were at Eastern Michigan. He's a student. He was an associate SID. Loved the MAC. For such a long time, Wally Zerbiak, Earl Boykins, Antonio Daniels, so many great players. Uh, Antonio Gates, football-wise, when he played basketball at Eastern, have come out of the MAC, but the MAC is just down. And Akron had a great run uh, to the Mid-American Conference Championship, but they're just not the same quality of, of team that we've seen maybe 10, 15 years ago in the Mid-American Conference. And I think it's going to be a very tough road to hoe for them in this uh, matchup in the... Uh, the uh, 4-13 matchup against UCLA. Uh, the Bruins, you know, we saw what they did, you know, fighting hard against uh, Arizona in the Pac-12 title game, ended up losing in that Pac-12 title game. But boy, what a really, you know, just talented and balanced team on both sides of the ball um, UCLA is. And I think you have to look at this game and say, okay, Akron is the type of team that can kind of slow you down defensively, can really kind of get after you. You know, UCLA can really kind of run away and hide if they can get their, you know, offense going early. And that's where this game would make me very nervous if I was UCLA. It's a Thursday game, by the way, 9.50 p.m. on TBS out of Portland. And UCLA is a huge favorite. Huge favorite in this game uh, right now at Bet Rivers. The Bruins minus 13 and a half against the MAC champs. Minus 110 both ways. Money line UCLA minus 1250. Akron plus 750. Total uh, pretty low 128 and a half because Akron does play some good defense. So does UCLA. Uh, and Akron doesn't score a ton. Uh, over 128 and a half. Minus 108. Under 128 and a half. Minus 112. So when you look at this game, Akron comes in 24 and 9. As I mentioned, the champions. Of the Mid American Conference Tournament, they finished twenty four and nine on the season behind Toledo and Kent State. Uh, but you know they got a, na- a kid named Ali Ali. Yeah, it's a repeat name. Averages almost fifteen a game. He's a great assist man. Uh, Enrique Freeman is a great shooter, averaging almost fourteen points a game. Shoots almost sixty seven percent for uh, the, the from the field. The problem though, when you look at their, as I mentioned, the MAC just being down and the metrics for this team, seventy one points a game, hundred eighty third in Division One. 35 rebounds a game, 243rd 
in Division One. 11.9 assists per game. 325. 325th, that is, in Division One. One of the worst teams in assists per game. So they're not creating a lot of opportunities with their point guard play and their guard play. But they do allow 62.8 points. So that's why you look at the low total. The defense can be a factor uh, for this Akron Zips team. Uh, but UCLA, 25-7, and seven, almost won the Pac-12 Conference Tournament, finished second to Arizona overall. Uh, and Arizona, one of the, obviously the great teams in the country. Uh, you know, we, we saw what UCLA did last year, beat my Wolverines uh, in the Elite Eight, and, and just had a great run in the NCAA Tournament. They've got, uh, you know, Johnny Juzang back, averaging almost 17 a game. Ty, Tiger Campbell has been incredible uh, with 4.2 assists per game and averaging almost 12 points a game. John Cuts Jr., uh, almost 50% from the field, averaging 14 points a game in 30 minutes of play. And you look at UCLA, before they lost to Arizona, they had won five straight, beat USC twice, you know, pounded Washington State, pounded Washington, uh, pounded Oregon State into oblivion, 94 to 55. It's a huge spread, though, a huge spread. And I'm not going to make a lean or a strong play on this game, but I think it's too many points. I think UCLA is going to win this game, and I think Akron with that defense will at least keep in contact if you get work into a backdoor cover late in this one. But yeah, it's 13 and a half points. And I think it's too many. So it will be a pick for me. Give me Akron plus 13 and a half. Moving on, the 6-11 game. Texas and Virginia Tech. What an intriguing game this should be. And as I mentioned, I have a better feeling with 11s beating sixes this year, multiple sixes that I do the 12s beating multiple fives. This is a 4:30 game on Friday uh, on TBS for Milwaukee. You got of course Texas coming in 21-11 with Chris Beard. A lot of talk about how the defense is translated for this Texas team uh, against Virginia Tech who plays a good brand of defense themselves and you look at what Virginia Tech was able to do towards the end of the season in a very tough ACC win the ACC tournament. And on route to doing that, beat Notre Dame, bubble team, beat North Carolina, just beat Duke, and then beat Duke. And they're getting great play from uh, Aluma, who's averaging almost 16 a game. And they got Justin Mutz, who's an incredible guard that can uh, guard forward combo guy that can spread the ball around, also shoots it really well. Uh, very well coached uh, is Virginia Tech. And, and this is a, a tough game to handicap when you look at uh, two teams that obviously really kind of get after it and really have high energy uh, and play solid defense. Texas right now, a one and a half point favorite minus 110 at Bet Rivers. Vodtech plus one and a half minus 109. Texas money line minus 124. Vodtech plus 104 in the total, uh, even lower than the last game. 123 and a half because both these teams can play such good defense. Uh, minus 112 on the over. Minus 108 on the under. And very, very, like I said, very tough to handicap this game. But I just think, even though Virginia Tech has a ton of momentum. A lot of times you see a team that's maybe a five or six seed or whatever that goes on to win their conference tournament and then struggles in the first round against a good, you know, higher seed. I think Texas is that higher, good higher seed. I'm laying the one and a half. It's a lean for me on Texas. Minus one and a half, minus 110 right now at Bent Rivers. And we'll move on now to the 314 game. You know that Yale, Ivy League team's always a very sexy pick, but they're playing the Purdue Boilermakers and Purdue, one of the better teams in the country, much of the season. This will be a Friday game as well. 
uh, when it comes to the 3 versus 14 matchup. And Yale kind of small upset against uh, Princeton in the Ivy League title game. They got their play a championship you know, tournament now as opposed to just uh, doing the regular season champ with tie breaks. Uh, this game in Milwaukee at 2 o'clock on TBS on Friday. And Purdue, a huge favorite over the Ivy League champs right now at Bet Rivers. You've got Purdue minus 15 and a half. Uh, against Yale, minus 110 for Purdue, plus one or minus 109 for Yale. Money line Purdue, minus 1667. That was a great year for the Mongols. Uh, Yale plus 950 in the total, 143 uh, over minus 109, under minus 110. Yale's a sexy pick, even though they're getting a ton of points, even for an upset. I think Purdue is a Final Four caliber team. And you look at what Purdue does, and as one of the best players in the country, uh, in Jaden Ivey, averaging almost 18 a game, a great assist man. Uh, Purdue, top 15 in points per game at 79.8 per game. Top 50-ish in rebounds per game, almost 40 a game. Top 20 in assists per game at almost 17 uh, dimes per game and 68.8 points allowed. They are an inside-out team for Matt Painter that can do it all uh, and is just a very tough team to beat, especially in a one-and-done scenario. But you look at Yale. And Yale, 19, you know, wins right up there with Princeton, the two best teams in the Ivy League. The Ivy League wasn't as, as great quality as it's been in recent years. They've got a great player in Azir Swain, averaging almost 20 a game. Jalen Gabidian uh, can shoot the rock from all over, averages almost 12 points a game. Uh, you know, for an Ivy League team, Yale's not terrible, uh, 72.3 points a game and 36 rebounds a game, but they're terrible when it comes to, you know, creating offense. Their assist numbers are very low. They're one of the bottom teams in the country in that. But they do only allow 68.8 points per game. If Yale can keep themselves in contact early and weather the storm, I think 15 and a half is nuts. I love Purdue. I think Purdue could go on a major run in this tournament. This is actually a strong play for me. I like Yale plus the 15 and a half. I think Ivy has a great game. Purdue wins this one by double digits, but 15 and a half for me is too many. So it's an official selection, a strong play for me. I'll be betting it myself. Yale plus 15 and a half in the 14-3 game. Murray State and San Francisco. This is how you know that we've come a long way when it comes to this NCAA tournament and mid-majors. You've got a 7-10 game with two mid-majors. And right now, Bet Rivers, Murray State, minus one and a half, minus 110, San Francisco, the Dons, plus one and a half, minus 109, Murray State, minus 124, San Fran, plus 104 on the comeback, total 136 and a half, over minus 113, under minus 107. This should be an absolutely fascinating game. And like I said, it's great for the tournament that you've got two mid-majors playing in a 7-10 game. And you look at Murray State, 30-2. and two. The racers race through the OVC. Of course, won the championship. They have not lost a game since they lost to Auburn on the road back on December 22nd. They've got K.J. Williams. They've got Justice Hill. They're legit, not just Cinderella. I mean, I know they're a 10 seed. Or I'm sorry, a 7 seed. But you can't really call me Cinderella. But they are a team that could go as far as the Final Four. I'm not saying they're going to, but boy, is that Murray State Racers team good? They're top 20 in points per game, almost 80 a game. Top 40 in rebounds a game, almost 40 a game. Uh, not great, you know, great assist numbers at 14.7 a game. 
uh, which is tied for 74th in the country, but they do only allow 62.3 points per game, and they rip through, as I mentioned, that OVC. And now San Francisco comes, by the way, this game, uh, 9.40 p.m. on uh, Thursday from the Gainbridge Fieldhouse, same place Michigan plays, in Indianapolis. San Francisco, fascinating team. In the WCC with obviously Gonzaga, St. Mary, Santa Clara, they were 24-9, you know, had some really nice wins this year. Uh, they were able to, you know, hang in very tough uh, with St. Mary's in two different games. Uh, they did not have great success against Gonzaga, lost to them again in the tournament. Uh, but, you know, really a team that has gotten better as the season has gone on. Uh, you know, you look at what they were able to do against Santa Clara, destroyed Pacific late in the season, San Diego, BYU, uh, great player in Bouye, Jamari Bouye, averaging almost 17 points a game. He also averages four dimes a game. Uh, they are one of the top 50 teams in points per game. 45th in the country at 77.1 points per game. Uh, 38 rebounds per game isn't great, but they're still in the top 80. And it's not terrible for a mid-major. Uh, 13.1 assists per game. Gets them in the top 180 or so, which is not great. Uh, once again, mid-majors, you know, their numbers aren't going to be as good. Uh, as some of the Power 6 teams, and then they allow 67 points per game. Another one of those great 7-10 matchups. I love San Francisco. They play some really aggressive defense, but Murray State, the Racers, to me, are going to be a team that for me makes at least the Sweet 16 and probably further than that when I come up with my official bracket, which will be posted on Twitter, by the way, on Wednesday at Dan Leach 97-1. I like Murray State. A strong play for me on this one. Should be a great back-and-forth game, and in the end, Murray State will be too much. Minus 1.5, minus 110 is the strong play for me. I'll be betting that myself uh, in the East region. And the final game, Kentucky, the two-seed against St. Peter's. St. Peter's, Piper, Paul. Uh, St. Peter's, the 15-seed, who uh, definitely, when you look at the way that, uh, you know, the seedings came out, Kentucky, you know, could have been higher as a two-seed, uh, if they had played a little better towards the end of the you know conference tournament, uh, you know in the SEC, but things did kind of go the way that uh, John Calipari would have liked, as they lost to Tennessee. Uh, but Tennessee, or you know Tennessee is obviously a legit team. But you look at Kentucky with you know some of the best players in the country, top twenty in points, top twenty five in rebounds, top twenty five in assists per game, allowing just sixty six points per game, and of course they are going to be a huge. Uh, you know, spread favorite against a 15 seed. By the way, this Kentucky team uh, will be playing against St. Peter's at 7.10 p.m. on CBS. Uh, this is a Thursday game, and they'll be playing that game from Indy. It's the first game, as I mentioned before, San Fran uh, and Murray State. And right now at Bet Rivers, UK, a big 18-point favorite. The total right there. At 132, and you know, I, you always look for value with some of these underdogs in the against the higher seeded teams. The MAAC, MAAC, the, not the other MAC, uh, a decent conference. Seattle, Monmouth, Iona, some of those teams have had tournament success in the past, uh, but not a lot of great scoring from uh, St. Peter's. They're not a, a high scoring team. The, the Peacocks, if you were wondering, uh, they don't average a lot of rebounds per game. They're tied for 150 in the country. They're 322nd in points per game. Uh, and they're 284th in assists per game. They got a, a decent player, Daryl Banks the third, uh, and Matthew Lee is a pretty good point guard for them. Uh, but this St. Peter's team is going to get crushed by Kentucky. This will be a just pick for me when it comes to Kentucky and St. Peter's. I will take Kentucky 
minus the points in this one. Uh, you know, this year, not a lot of teams that I like is underdogs plus the points. As I mentioned, I don't like laying them a lot, but, you know, Kentucky uh, it should run through St. Peter's in this one. So I'm going to lay the points with Kentucky. By the way, the money line Kentucky minus 2,500, St. Peter's plus 1,200, and the total 132.5 uh, over minus 109 and the under minus 112. Actually, this line just moved as we're recording here to 16.5 at Bet Rivers. I'm still laying the 16.5. I think Kentucky wins this game by 30. Uh, so that is uh, just a selection for me in the East region. That's going to wrap up all four regions. Who else does that for you? Every first-round game, including the first four, I made a pick on all of them. As I mentioned, I will reveal and release my official DTM Prediction Sasquatch bracket. I've won many contests, bracket contests throughout the years, and helped you win many bracket contests throughout the years. That'll be posted on my Twitter at DanLeach971 on Wednesday, so check that out to give you some help uh, for your bracket contest. And boy, we're just hours away now. From the madness beginning with the first four games over Tuesday and Wednesday. And then, of course, the opening round of the main bracket on Thursday when I'll be in Vegas watching my Michigan Wolverines from out in the desert. And, of course, all throughout the next three-plus weeks. That is going to do it for us today on the Terrific Tuesday edition of the Detroit CityCast. Huge thanks again to my man, John Martin. So great to see him again. Give him a follow on Twitter at John underscore A underscore Martin. Uh, all things Colorado State. Can't wait to see the Wolverines face off against the Rams. And most importantly, all of you. I want to wish nothing but the best for this bracket season. I lost a, uh, our good friend of mine lost their father, my great friend Jeff Lesson. Uh, his amazing dad passed away at 88 uh, on Monday. So I want to uh, send tons of love to his family. I know he listens to the show a lot. And a lot of our friends uh, that knew Jerry uh, Lesson, uh, may he rest in peace, listen to the show well. So uh, sending nothing but love to... Uh, Jeff and his family and uh, his legacy Jerry's will live through all of you uh, going forward that's going to do it again for us today until next time keep reaching for the stars believe in the dream Dan Leach the Squatch out